31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landor Engel. Joseph Schneider, 46,258. The Transformator. Today is a cold day in November 1942 in Birkenau, around 5 degrees. It was tiring to work and wait in the summer, but winter is much worse. The ground is already frozen. It is becoming harder and harder to stand during the roll calls. Joseph goes to the river. He knows what is going to happen there. He is not scared. Back to 1938, Joseph was married to Marie-Jeanne. They had three beautiful children, Giselle, Serge and Jean. Joseph was working at a metal factory. He was also part of the trade union. When they complained about the work rights being attacked, the trade union was dissolved. Joseph lost his job. This is partly what drew him to the Communist Party. Joseph later ran a bar restaurant near Oboué. It was a good job. The whole family could live upstairs. When France lost the war, the restaurant became a strategic place. It was an easy gathering place for communists and resistance. Joseph made everyone feel safe. It also served as a passage area for prisoners and resistance who needed to cross the border between the German-occupied zone and the French free zone. Amongst them, Pierre-Georges, the soon-to-become Colonel Fabien. In June 1941, Marie-Jeanne died of an old leg injury. It was tough on the family. She was the one who made everyone feel united. Joseph's daughter, Giselle, had married a soldier made prisoner during the war in Germany. Giselle was the first to leave and join the resistance. And then Serge joined too, a young 17 years old, eager to help, eager to fight. Joseph was worried about his two children. Resisting was a noble act, but it was dangerous. Arrestations and executions were frequent. The German army had a policy of terror against any act of resistance. On the 4th of February, a group of resistants sabotaged the local transformer, forcing the closing of 17 iron mines in the area. Those mines were producing metal for the German army. This event severely slowed down the war effort. Serge didn't participate, but he was known by the police. He became a suspect. And there were informations leading to Joseph's restaurant. As Serge entered his father's restaurant, the police surrounded the place. Serge could not run. His father couldn't do anything for his son. No one could apprehend the saboteurs. So the German army, helped with the French government, made a second decision. 20 communists would pay for those who couldn't get caught. Amongst them, 
Antoine Corgiati and Giobbe Pazzini. It is a difficult decision to resist. If you manage to escape, others will pay for what you've done, as hostages. In this case, Serge, his father and 18 other people. Many people hated the resistance for this reason. They were treated by the civilians as traitors, cowards, terrorists. But neither Serge nor Joseph thought that. In royal lieu, Joseph and Serge were brought to a room. Serge got in, Joseph had to stay outside. A German officer insulted Serge and started punching him. Outside, Joseph could hear everything, every word, every hit. He could do nothing. If so, a soldier next to him was allowed to shoot Joseph. And Serge has to endure this. It lasted for too long. Far too long. Serge was judged by a tribunal. The trial lasted 15 minutes. They convicted him to three months in jail. Serge complained it was a long time for having done nothing wrong. The judge laughed and sentenced him to two weeks. It didn't matter how much time he would be sentenced. Serge was hostage. He would soon be sent to German-occupied Poland, like his father. Back in the present, Joseph is being treated in the Riviera. It is the opposite of anything a doctor should believe in. The doctor, the SS Rottenführer, injects phenol in the patient's heart, which makes it stop. A murder for a treatment. Joseph stays quiet, hopeful. Hopeful that despite what he has been through the past years, there might still be hope. Because his son is not with him. When he came back from his trial, the German administration forgot to put him back in the registry. When he was selected to leave to Poland, his name was written off because he was supposed to still be outside the camp. Serge didn't go. The German army made a mistake. Joseph is happy. He's sure his son will survive. He knows it. The German army will make more mistakes. Eventually, the tide will turn. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 31,000-45,000, the story of two trains of French members of the resistance. My name is Mathieu Landau-Engel. This episode was about Joseph Schneider, a father and resistant. On this episode, I will give you a few more informations about the sabotage of the uh, Eboué transformer. Acts of sabotage against factories or energy supplying factories, like the Eboué transformer, were taken very seriously by the German authorities because they affected the war effort. When the transformer was sabotaged, 17 iron mines were ineffective for a few days, so this was a significant blow uh, for the German war effort. Several waves of arrestations happened, some were supposed to be executed, under a direct order by Adolf Hitler. But this order was cancelled, as it was believed that the executions could create more revolts and sabotages. The offers were finally caught, trialed and executed. 
But those who were arrested before, people like Joseph Schneider, Joe Pazzini, Antoine Corgiati, and many more, they were still deported to Auschwitz-Birkenau. On a side note, Pierre Georges, the soon-to-become Colonel Fabien, was uh, thought to have participated to the sabotage, but he probably didn't. Uh, yet he had gone to the bar Joseph Schneider uh, held, as he needed to, to cross the demarcation line. Pierre Georges is an important figure of the French resistance, and I will come back to him on a further episode. Serge Schneider, Joseph's son, was deported in January 1943 in the Sachsenhausen camp and survived. He often talked in school to tell the young generations about what happened to him. I made several assumptions regarding this story. I don't know the exact relationship between Serge and his father, Joseph. I assume Joseph wished to protect his son. I suppose he was glad his son was not deported in Auschwitz-Birkenau, but I don't have any ground to prove that. Giselle Do, Joseph's daughter, was arrested as well, deported to Ravensbrück and survived. I have been trying to find Joseph Schneider's relatives. Unfortunately, my research wasn't successful. If by any chance you know of someone related to him, please let me know. I would be very pleased to get in touch and make sure the text I wrote doesn't contain any errors. My sources for this story are the book Red Triangles in Auschwitz by Claudine Cardon-Amet, the website Memoir Vive, the Foundation for the Memory of Deportation website, and the fantastic website Auschwitz.org. Thank you for your time and attention. Next episode will be about 000, the Fiu family, 45,000, and Hunger. The story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel.